Hey, welcome to another podcast. It's been a while, so I'm really happy to be getting back into this. Hopefully, I will do more of these. So for this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about a vegan-related subject. Which is going to be my tips from as a long-term vegan. I've been vegan for about eight years now. Um, I went vegan when I was about 16 and a half, and I'm, I've been 24 since May 23rd of uh, this year. So yeah, it's been about eight years, and um, I wanted to give some tips um, from my own experience and a lot of things that I've learned um, throughout being vegan and I attribute those these things um, to why I've stayed vegan all of this time Uh, and of course there are a lot of um, there are a lot of factors and I can't even begin to cover all of them in this podcast but there I'm gonna try to cover as many as I can Um, the things that I would really really recommend paying attention to in regards to your vegan journey if you're an inspiring uh, an aspiring vegan or you're you know looking to go vegan but you haven't made that jump yet or you're just kind of interested just looking to dip your toe in the water um, or maybe you've already gone vegan and you've been vegan for a while or a little while and you just want a little bit of just information or direction or something like that. So let's just get right into it. So um, you've probably heard, you know, as a vegan, we really should be supplementing. And there are tons of different supplements. um, But the best, or I guess the most necessary ones that you really should be taking are B12. uh, And you can find vegan sources for all of these. Um, you may have to look around a little bit and also look for ones that are, well, of course, not animal derivative derived, um, animal derivatives, animal derived, you know, same thing. Um, but some of them are very expensive if you're buying them from, you know, just like a small little local health food store, it might be a little bit more expensive. Um, so if you don't want to pay for something quite that expensive what you can do is look online Um, you can buy any of these online Um, you know there's there's always a way (laughs) you know so um, the supplements that are good to take as a vegan would be vitamin b12 calcium and vitamin d specifically vitamin d3 Um, but again vitamin d3 is often found in animal sources so again when you are looking for you know these uh, supplements it's important to again check make sure they're certified vegan um, because the generic versions are typically almost always not vegan so yeah Um, and these uh, these supplements the reason we should be taking them is because um, 
sorry about all the ums. <laughs> uh, the reason we should be taking these supplements is because we can't really find these in vegan food. I mean, of course, yes, you can get B12 in some fortified foods, like there's fortified plant milks, there's, um, you know, there's some cereals that have it in it um, from an accidentally vegan source, I guess. And there's also nutritional yeast, which I happen to eat a lot of, so I can get away with not taking a B12 supplement quite as often, and I've never had low B12. So that works for me. Um, and yeah, but I would still recommend taking these supplements because you do not want a deficiency. Um, and there's other supplements people take, like I think there's iron and zinc and magnesium, and I personally don't take those, but you totally can, you know, just get your blood checked, and um, if you're low on any of these, you can take a multivitamin, but I don't take a multivitamin because I treat my food as a multivitamin, so I eat a very, very, very diet, I eat lots and lots of fruits and veggies, and tons of different legumes and grains and starch and everything and yeah so that's that's just what I do personally but let's let's get right into the vegan meat of the subject and I don't mean animal meat I mean <laughs> mango meat uh something the substance okay all right we don't want to get too weird this early into the podcast do we no actually yes but also no <laughs> okay so, um, yeah, so a lot of concerns that people have, I think, with um, veganism is they feel like it's going to be just totally unaffordable and just out of the question. Um, and I, I understand that. That's a, that's a very valid concern. Um, so the things I'm going to be mentioning are going to be uh, while having that concern in mind, um, but if that is not a concern for you, then that's great, um, so then, you know, you're several steps ahead of the game, um, I personally do have to budget, so I do have this, when I, you know, go food shopping and all of that stuff, I do keep that in mind, because I, I, again, I'm on a budget, um, I'm 24, I do live with my parents, I'm not currently employed, looking to be, and I'm, you know, job searching, but because of my situation, because of where I'm at in my life, um, I, you know, uh, graduated from college, uh, you know, I mean, like last year, my graduation ceremony was this past May though, but basically, um, I don't really have unlimited money to spend so I have to budget and that's very common <laughs> you know whether you're employed or not I mean most people are employed and I'm looking to become employed soon but okay that's beside the point um so yeah this is all keeping in mind the importance of budgeting but also I realize you know people like to treat themselves we all like we all like a treat just like our dogs do you know so yeah uh, yeah but um you can keep that as minimal or as much as you'd like based on your budget um so 
pretty much you can make veganism as luxurious or as affordable and budget-friendly, whatever, cheap as you'd like. Um, but regardless, it will take some planning ahead and... Um, yeah, and it can become expensive if you're somebody who eats out a lot um, or if you frequently shop at, you know, like those high-end uh, health food grocery stores. I mean, you can definitely shop at Whole Foods, though, and make it affordable. Like, there are certain items there that I realize, you know, you can you really can only just get them there and they're, you know, favorites for lots of vegan people, you know, myself included. But if you shop in a smart way, you know, you plan, you budget, you know, all of that, it can be done. It really can be done. But again, um, the extent of how much or, or the extent of how much it can be done in terms of shopping at, I guess, like more specialty type stores, that's going to vary from person to person. Um, so if you're buying, you know, the fancy vegan foods, that's kind of what I call them, just like, you know, your vegan cheeses, ice creams, pre-made meals, uh, frozen desserts cookies you know that kind of thing yeah it's gonna be a little bit more um rough on your wallet but um yeah so I mean in general that's kind of why I am a fan of eating you know more just whole food plant-based because then you know you're you can still have these things but it's just not it's not the majority and um, by default, eating whole food plant-based, which just kind of means like things like basically just really simple food and then creating your own recipes from them. Um, you know, very cheap stuff like bananas. Those are very cheap. <laughs> um, frozen veggies and fruits and beans and grains and, um, you know, things like that. Nuts, seeds, depending where you buy them, you know, it can all be very affordable especially potatoes potatoes are a staple for me personally you know sweet potatoes regular potatoes all of the potatoes winter squashes which are just coming into season holy kabocha squash okay that is like and spaghetti squash don't even get me started <laughs> they are so good i wow i love the summer i love warm weather you know i love all the summer fruits but can we just keep the summer weather, but like have all of the winter and fall foods available, you know, like year round? That would be amazing. Sorry, I got like way off topic, but um, yeah, so, oh, and another good staple would be oats. They're so cheap and especially when you buy them in bulk, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you are literally saving your wallet. <laughs> so, yeah. Um Yeah. So, um just here's something else to keep in mind is that, you know, everything that we do as humans um in terms of like being a consumer, what we buy, we are investing in something, you know? Um and pretty much like, yeah, you could delve into all of these different philosophical things about it, but pretty much what it boils down to is we're investing in two, you know, basic things. One of them would be, well, you know, in regard to the subject of veganism, one of them is going to be um, the impact that it has on the environment and also our defenseless animal friends 
um, defenseless and voiceless because, let's be real here, you know, you can't, they're not gonna, you know, if you go into a factory farm and you ask one of the pigs or the cows, you know, do you like it here? Would you like to leave? Um, I, they can't fight back, you know, they can't fight back when, the cows cannot fight back when the mother cow is being taken away from her baby calf. Like, she can't say, hey, don't do that. That's, that's extremely not okay, you know? They can't fight back. So, pretty much we have to think about our impact on the defenseless and the voiceless. And um, also the impact on ourselves, which is, you know, our health and yeah, so speaking of the idea, I guess the word health, um, people have different things that come into their mind when we hear that word. Um, you know, it can be intimidating uh, depending who we are and what our life is like, um, what our health is like, our history, everything. Um, so when I say the word health, what comes to mind, you know? Do you picture shelves of produce on you know, at the grocery store, I don't know, do you picture the salad you ate last week that you wish you could recreate, but it was like a 20 freaking dollar salad at a restaurant? I don't know. Um, do you remember that you forgot about? <laughs> remember that you forgot about? That's funny. Um, you know, your gym membership? I don't know. Do you, uh, do you picture something totally different. Do you picture a cold, sterile hospital uh, with people in white coats, you know, giving you a horrible diagnosis and telling you you need to change your lifestyle? Um, I don't, you know, there's so many different things, you know, you could be looking inside the refrigerator, hoping there's cake in there. <laughs> uh, relatable vegan cake, though. Um, you know, but all you see is just a bunch of rotting kale that got shoved to the back of the drawer because who in their right mind knows how to make kale taste good, you know? Maybe that's just a hobby you don't happen to have, making vegetables taste good. Um, but, you know, that can change. I, I feel like I was blessed because ever since I was very, very little, and I was not born vegan, by the way, as you know, um, from, you know, everything I've said in this podcast, um, yeah, like, I went vegan at, at age 16, so, um, yeah, but vegetable, I, I've always liked vegetables, okay, I, when I, as soon as I, you know, my teeth started coming in as a very little child, I was told, you know, I would eat broccoli and, uh, I don't know, like, um, lima beans, uh, apparently lima beans was one of my first favorite foods when I could finally, you know, eat food as, like, very, a very little toddler person, you know, so I've always really, really liked veggies. I realize not everybody is in the same boat, so, um, I will take that into consideration, you know, um, if you don't have uh, a taste for veggies, but, you know, maybe in another podcast episode, I can talk about, you know, how to make veggies taste amazing, because this one is not really about that, but I will definitely keep that in mind, so, 
Um, yeah. So I guess all of these little things that I mentioned, maybe those, maybe some of those popped into your head when I mentioned the word health. Um, you know, whether it's a health crisis, a health disaster, or improving your health or maintaining your health, whatever it is, all of these things are very common and real. Um, and the way I see it is all of those things are actually under an umbrella, like in terms of um, like what it means and how it affects us. Um, just as humans and the society we live in. Um, so yeah, all of these things, they're, they're under a very large umbrella. So let's really just talk about what this umbrella consists of because health is very broad. It's a spectrum. Um, I really don't think it's necessary to just define like what is health or keep refining the meaning for each individual person because again, we're individual people and health is going to mean something very different because there are some people who have chronic illnesses, some people who have mental illnesses that make it harder to do things for themselves that are healthy. Um, whether it's depression, maybe you don't feel like cooking a delicious home-cooked and nutritious meal. You know, sometimes it's a struggle just to get out of bed. I, I mean, I have struggled with depression for a very long time. I know how this is. So um, I am not ignorant on the subject of mental health and mental illnesses. If you've listened to my other podcast or you follow me on social media, I've struggled with bulimia since age like 12, okay? And I'm 24. That is half my life. I am not ignorant to mental health topics. Um, I've struggled with very crippling social anxiety. Um, I, I mean, when I was in middle school and high school, I was, I was very deep in my eating disorder. Um, my entire life revolved around a black hole of binging and purging, okay? I literally did not take my head out of that black hole, and therefore I, I was, I don't know, like masking my social anxiety with that, and so I really would just go the entire day at school hardly saying anything to anybody, and then I would come home and be like, wow, I don't think I said a word today. I haven't used my voice box all day long, you know, something like that. Like, that was just super common for me expected that was just my life um so yeah I mean and obviously I have had and to this day still have health issues from having a long-term eating disorder and I say long-term just because for me 12 years is a long time for something like that to be manifesting in my mind and my body and it just it's not gonna leave me in the best condition you know and while at the moment I'm doing a lot better and yes I am working on my health mentally and physically um for me what health might mean like on an individual level might mean something very different for somebody who I don't know is you know just had heart surgery because they were eating a ton of fast food, they have never been active in their life, 
Um, they might be, you know, 200 pounds overweight. They might have something genetic. Um, I don't really know. It, there are so many different things. For some people, health might mean just eating a little bit more um, healthy. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's such a range. It is such a range. So everybody's going to be different. That's why I don't like to you know, say, this is health, this is what you should do to be healthy, this is what health means, because there are so many factors in everybody's life that will alter that meaning. And we're human beings, we're not specimens in a petri dish, we're just trying to do the best we can, live our best life, and sometimes it's not always possible or practical to make a decision for every situation that is, you know, in the best interest of our health. And that being said, um, I mean, one thing to keep in mind is that if you feel very strongly about living a vegan lifestyle, um, because I personally, I do, um, I've been vegan, you know, for a while. <laughs> um, and also just going back to having mentioned having an eating disorder, um, those two things are not related at all. And many, many, many people will say, oh, you're vegan as a way to hide your eating disorder. Or it's like just a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not casual. It's a convenient excuse to restrict your food and stuff, you know? Well, I don't have a restrictive eating disorder. I have the opposite problem, which is that I have trouble stopping eating when I'm full. I can't listen, like, I, my body is like, I don't know, my mind and body, there's like a lack of synergy between the two. They don't get along. It's very difficult for me. That does not mean that I'm not actively working on it because believe me, I am working on it and it's very difficult, okay? It does, like knowing when to stop eating even after I'm like beyond the point of full is so hard for me and I'm not saying that I have some like weird physical deformity that makes me that way it's because of everything that I've ever been through that has kind of shaped my situation both physically and psychologically especially psychologically um but yeah like so when people, I mean, I know this can be the case for some people who maybe have more of a restrictive type of disorder, eating disorder, as opposed to somebody who's more prone to literally just excess, basically. Um, yeah, it can be a way, I guess, to mask your eating disorder. However, my approach to veganism and what I would recommend for other people and how they approach veganism, whether you have an eating disorder or whether you don't even know the difference between anorexia and bulimia because you have no personal experience with an eating disorder and you don't really know anybody who's had one. You just, you know, you're, you just don't know about it. It's just a condition that you've, you're not familiar with. Um, you know, that's, I would still recommend that as a vegan, regardless of any of these things, assuming you are vegan or you want to become a vegan, um, you don't approach it in a restrictive way. Um, I mean, I think balance is a good idea for everybody, even if it's not something that you've been able to achieve in your life yet. I think it's always the best thing to aspire to, to have or aim for as a goal because 
I mean, like, what, what else is there if, you know, if you're not eating about in a balanced way, how can you sustain it? Um, and I realize that can be a little tricky if you have other issues, you know, boiling under the surface, but, um, I'm just here to try it to at least break it down as best as I can for you so that, um, if you do happen to struggle with something else, whether it's a mental health issue or an eating disorder or depression or something that has affected your health in some way, um, I'm just trying to make like everything I'm talking about here, um, just put it as simply as I can because I can't say that like you should do exactly this or this one thing will literally make veganism effortless or uh, something like that, you know? I, I just want to be very clear that health is very, very, very different for different people. Um, and with that being said, so sometimes uh, veganism maybe is like a an extension of some people's eating disorders, um, which in that case, they should probably not give advice <laughs> or talk about, you know, how vegan they are. Um, if it's part of their disorder. However, for me, it's absolutely unrelated. They're two separate issues. That would be like saying, because I wear glasses, um, the design that I chose for these glasses, I picked them because, um, because I'm right-handed and um, my eyes are blue and I like the color green. That's, that's why I picked them. My glasses aren't even green. So it's like, uh, what? Like, they're just completely unrelated and random. And I realize, yes, food <laughs> and veganism, they both involve food. Eating disorders do involve food. There is an overlap. So I see why people can be confused about, you know, how that works when you have an eating disorder. And veganism involves food. Um, but um, for me, I don't really see veganism as a food-centric um issue because for me I'm not really thinking about uh my impact like on the animals and the environment and everything like that um like for me it's not just the food like I do my best to stay away from cosmetics and toiletries and um just products like non-food products and clothing um that you know involve the use um or abuse of animals and um, I try to be conscious of just like recycling if I mean, I, okay, I'm not the best. I am not the best with that, but I'm, I'm seriously working on it. Um, you know, like there's a lot of things that are not food related, but they are vegan, you know, on the subject of veganism, they're very directly related. So yeah, it's really, and, and food is just one aspect. Like, to me, the vegan food aspect is just as important as the environmental aspect, you know? And what the hell does the environment have to do with, um, you know, a mental illness that, by the way, often has nothing to do with food? If eating disorders in general don't really have much to do with food, but food is the, I guess, drug of choice or the lack or the excess of it is the drug and not drug of choice I don't mean because eating disorders are not a choice ever definitely not but um 
I guess what I'm saying is, uh, how did we get on the subject? (laughs) How did we get on the subject of eating disorders? I guess because I'm giving, here I am giving advice about veganism. And as somebody who has struggled with mental health, um, and I was just talking about, you know, veganism in regards to health and how that can mean different things because for different people. So yeah, I guess this is relevant. It is relevant, you know? And also like I talk about, you know, my personal experience and everything with eating disorders and mental health related problems on, you know, my social media because that's why I have the social media because I find it therapeutic to, um, share these things and meet other people who have experienced similar things and maybe, you know, want to realize, or not realize, want to understand that they're not the only one. Like, that is healing. That That's amazing to meet other people and, you know, who are like, oh my gosh, I experienced this too. I've literally done that too. And you think, oh my gosh, I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. Um, and when you really get to know other people and hear what they've been through, you really, you almost learn more about yourself, and that is really healing. Ultimately, that can help so, so much. Um, okay, so let's get back to the topic. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, okay. So, yes, being healthy is you know it's important I mean if you want to stay vegan because a lot of people will go vegan and then they'll develop some kind of a health issue not everybody but like if they don't do it I guess in the the right way with the um, you know an approach of being able to sustain it as opposed to treating it like a fad that they're eventually going to quit you know for whatever reason you know that that can you can run into some issues um So, you know, (laughs) take what you want from that. Um, And also, because vegan, I don't know, veganism seems to be becoming a little bit more mainstream. um, But because of that, um, you know, people are writing books and like giving health advice. And (laughs) I don't know, there's like some of that stuff is good, I guess. Um, because it it is, I guess, bringing more attention to veganism. Um, but, I mean, like, it just, it doesn't mean that you have to be, obs- like, obscenely obsessive about your food. Like, you really don't. I mean, <laughs> says the person who struggled with an eating disorder for a long time. But I'm speaking to, I guess... Uh, everybody else like who is just you know who might think of veganism as like a fad or something because like it's definitely not um or it shouldn't be um and because of this you know if you research veganism um you know you'll see on youtube that there's you know people out there giving advice and kind of marketing pretty extreme types of vegan diets um, like, you know, just very specific things that kind of, they piggyback off the title of veganism. Um, but, you know, if you ask me, it's, (laughs) it's kind of just 
somebody selling their ebook to make a few bucks off of people who want a quick fix. Um, you know, and I don't think recipe books fall into that category. Recipes are an art form and that should be shared, you know. So, but I think when it's more of like somebody um you know, somebody who is a self-proclaimed influencer on social media or a health coach, you know, and they really don't have legitimate credible degrees like medical medically speaking. Um I just I don't know. I don't think it's wise. Like don't listen to anyone. Um I mean, don't even listen to me if something I say to, to you if you think it sounds stupid or doesn't resonate, then just just ignore it. Um I think it's good when you listen to anybody speaking. Um it's good to take what you think is a good idea and discard the rest just because somebody says something and you don't agree with like one or several aspects of what they're saying there might still be value in something else so just keep your eyes open keep your ears open discard what you think is bogus and hold on to what makes sense and apply it to your life and if you benefit from it that is amazing and that's that's great um so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, the best advice you can take is to listen to your own common sense. Like, really, that's all you need because everything else is just like a pile of flashcards, um, you know, with random suggestions or ideas that I guess can add to or expand or offer another explanation for something that you might have already been thinking about or wondering um, but really, if you have a, like, if you have medical concerns, you should really consult your doctor. And I know there's a lot of um, vegan uh, people out there who are like anti doctors. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly one of them. Um, but I mean, ultimately, it's. I think you should always, um, like, okay. So on one hand, I know that a lot of times doctors do try to treat the symptoms rather than the cause of something. So in that case, I think it's best to always address, like, obviously it's good to address both, but you really should address the cause of something, like the root of any kind of a health issue. Um, so, but that doesn't mean just don't go to the doctor. Like, you should do both. You can go, you can go to the doctor figure out what's wrong, and treat the symptoms. But if you know what's causing it, nobody's going to stop you from addressing that as well. You know, like I realize I just very oversimplified a lot, but um, I hope that makes some sense because it's not all or nothing, but it's regardless, you really should. You shouldn't shy away from seeing a doctor if you think there is an issue with your health. Um and i mean what do you think do you think these social media influencers with very questionable degrees do you think uh do you think they know more than a doctor i mean maybe about certain things maybe possibly um because doctors may not be very well trained in nutrition <laughs> um usually i mean it, it varies but like yeah i do realize that but um Again, you know, doctors can diagnose. <laughs> um, 
people, social media influencers can't. They, I mean, like, they don't even know you. Like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Um, and again, I know I'm making a lot of generalizations here, but the take home of this is really, um, you know, you know your own body, you know what makes you feel good regarding food and what you enjoy. Um, and just, just don't overcomplicate it. But if you do have a medical issue, like outside of any of this, like, you know, the food and eating what makes you feel good and yada, yada, all that stuff, then yes, please see a doctor. Um, yeah, just like if you had a mouthful of cavities, you know, these cavities are not going to fix themselves, okay? You need to go to your dentist. Um, same goes for your doctor. Um, if you feel like you have a health issue or you're very worried about something or you just want to be you're to be put at ease, like give you peace of mind that you're okay or some, I don't know, something, just, just see your doctor, okay? <sighs> All right, so now that that's out of the way, I just wanted to be clear, you know, I'm not one of these vegans who are like anti-doctors, don't take any supplements because you can get everything you need from kale, okay? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not that person. <laughs> Although, like, I don't enjoy going to the doctor. So, I mean, that's normal though, right? <laughs> like, um, you know, like I'm, like, aside from my mental health issues, I'm like a pretty normal person. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, okay, I've never used myself as an example as like a normal person. And that's like, that's like a huge lie. But I mean, in terms of my approach to veganism though, and just like, I think it's very rational. And I just, I think that um, we need more of that in this world because a lot of people approach veganism from like a very... I don't know, a very misguided uh, position. I don't know. And like, who am I to say like what's misguided and what's not? But again, this is my podcast. So I'm sharing what I think. <laughs> and you're choosing to listen. So I mean, yeah. All right. So let's continue. So yeah, you just don't want to overcomplicate the food side of things. And like speaking of not overcomplicating things, Let's talk about cooking, okay? That is, like, the fun... The, this is the fun part of the podcast. I mean, I'm having fun all the time for, you know, this whole podcast. I've been having fun all along, but um, let's talk about cooking. I love cooking, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so if you hate cooking, though, you know, you're, you are a, uh, a different breed for me, because I love cooking, but if you hate cooking, I still got some great recommendations for you. Um, you can do meal prepping so that you don't have to be cooking, you know, the more longer to cook, more intense <laughs> cooking items. You know, you can meal prep, you can do just like one to three, um, set aside, you know, a couple hours, one to three days a week. You might even be able to do it in under an hour, depending what you're making. Um, and yeah, just bulk prepare batches of stuff, okay? Like, it's, it's not that hard. And then the other stuff, you know, um, just have things on hand that you can pop in the microwave or just 
put in the oven for a little bit and reheat or reheat in a pot or a pan, stuff you've already meal prepped, or if it's something you didn't even meal prep, like you're literally just chopping something, then, you know, like you're just chopping up some veggies or cutting up some tofu to cook, you know, it's not a big deal and you don't have to meal prep that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So that's my advice to you if you're not somebody who you know, likes to delve into a culinary adventure, you know, there's still hope. You can still do this, I promise. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna list off a whole bunch of ideas and like food ideas and food recommendations and combinations and things, you know, to have stocked in your pantry and all that stuff. So right now I would recommend, I don't know, getting a pen and paper or like something where you can take notes just for ideas. Um, to refer back to later if you know something I mention here is something you want to remember but then you're drawing a blank like I mean take notes okay this is like welcome to my school of veganism <laughs> this is I'm like I'm I'm the teacher today okay I've always wanted to be oh okay no I've I don't want to be a teacher because I have like I'm terrified of public speaking which is why doing a podcast is so much easier because I can just literally, I'm literally sitting in my pajamas and it's 11.30 a.m., okay? And I can just sit in my pajamas on the couch like I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, and you can't see, you can't see me, I'm just talking. So, and I'm sharing wonderful information with you guys and that makes me super happy, but I don't have to, you know, present myself in a certain way so you'll listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, you know, I prefer this. But, um, you know, just like if you were a good student in high school or middle school or college, you know, you'd take notes. I was a big note taker, even though I was not, I was not the best student in terms of uh, planning ahead and like I would always do stuff at the last minute and like drive myself bonkers but I was always a good note taker so and I think that is why I survived <laughs> so you know with that being said go grab yourself something to take notes with and yeah or just listen if you want and refer back to this later you don't have to take notes it's just just a little suggestion from me to you um, yeah, so let's just get into it. Um, so some good foods that I guess are meal prep friendly. Um, they'd be things like, or you could just bake a whole bunch of potatoes. Um, I, I just do it like the simple wash, stab with a knife and bake in the oven method. Like, I know that sounds a little barbaric, like the wash, stab and bake uh, uh, method, but I mean let's be real, don't worry, potatoes don't have feelings. <laughs> Even if your mom's cousins, sisters, husbands, brothers, best friends, uncles, sons, brother tells you, you know, plants have feelings too, because, you know, I don't know, maybe he just wants to discourage your veganism because he cares about you so much, even though he doesn't know you or something, and thinks you're going to get a protein deficiency. I mean... I mean, you can appreciate, you can appreciate the love and concern, but like, I mean, you want your potatoes to cook evenly, so please stab them anyway, because they don't have feelings. 
I promise. <laughs> um, man, I'm just, I am so, I'm just going at it with all the stupid jokes, but I feel like sometimes when I listen to someone's podcast, like, it doesn't feel, like, I just feel like they're reading something, or we're not having a conversation, like, it's just too formal, I don't know, like, I just, I want this to feel like we're having a conversation, because, I mean, that's kind of what it is, like, I'm not on my, you know, high horse, or whatever, like, vegan high horse, and just, like, talking down to anybody like we're no we're having a conversation (laughs) and I'm human you know I trip and stumble over my words sometimes or I forget what I'm talking about uh or I make really stupid jokes and I'm the only one laughing (laughs) so you know that's just how it is sometimes or I go way off topic and on a tangent but like welcome to my podcast welcome to anything that I produce you know it's going to be all over the place And so if you like that kind of thing, if you find it relatable and endearing or whatever, like, I don't know, stay tuned. I mean, we've made it this far, so let's finish. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so potatoes are great. Um, Other things you can meal prep, um, you can do grains, you know, just buy bags of different grains. Like you can do um, rice or quinoa, farro, barley millet stuff like that um I I eat a lot of oatmeal but I don't meal prep that because it's it just I cook it like in the microwave in less than five minutes um some people do stovetop like steel cut oats I'm not really a fan of that um but yeah you can do overnight oats though that you will you might need to meal prep that overnight (laughs) um to leave in the fridge overnight and I mean I'm a big fan of overnight oats some people think they're disgusting I used to think they were disgusting until I you know figured out a way to prepare them that I like them um but yeah I always keep oats um stocked in the pantry I have both um just rolled oats and instant oats I kind of go back and forth between those based on what I'm making, um, yeah, um, you can also meal prep your own veggie burgers, by the way, and they're so easy to make, you can even cook them in the microwave, believe it or not, um, but my general recipe for a veggie burger that you are either gonna, um, like, no matter how you cook it, the, a great recipe, um, and oh, you can use any amounts of, these ingredients it literally doesn't matter that's what's so cool about it is you can use any amount you can switch up the flavors and it will come out good either way um so you can um okay my mom just came home (laughs) she's in the garage right now so if you hear some shuffling around and stuff it's because she just walked in let's be realistic with our lives I'm not in some kind of studio like I'm literally downstairs in the living room on the couch in my pajamas doing a podcast (laughs) so keep that in mind she could walk in any second um so like uh like I was saying you can meal prep veggie burgers with these ingredients um you know I personally 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 like to do um I just you can get out your blender you can even mash this stuff with a fork like get as fancy or as basic as you want but I do like quick oats 
Um, I take some cooked beans or lentils and you can either kind of blend them or if you have hummus laying around, you can use that too. Um, or you can just mash it with a fork, like whatever you want, dude, you just do it. Um, you can use some cooked rice or any cooked grain. Um, then just add any spices you like. You can use condiments as a nice little binding agent. You can have like barbecue sauce or ketchup. Or if you want like a lower sodium kind of option, um, you can just take tomato paste and mix it with a little bit of lemon juice, balsamic vinegar, maple syrup, liquid smoke, and garlic, and you have an instant sauce, okay? It's delicious. I make it like that all the time. And then as far as cooking it, you can just bake it on nonstick parchment paper and bake a few veggie burgers. Or what you can do is you can take... You can take um, uh, you can take your veggie burger, put it on a microwave-safe plate, and just smash it in the form of a veggie burger and um, microwave it on one side for two minutes, flip it over, microwave for another minute, and then just keep flipping it over and add, you know, 30-40 seconds until it is firm and fully cooked. And for this, you'll have to do just one at a time, um, but I do that all the time. It's a very quick veggie burger recipe and it is so delicious i highly recommend trying that if you just want something super quick and very simple and satisfying delicious you can put that on some ezekiel bread or like a pita bread um and put some avocado and like sauerkraut on there and oh my gosh it's so good i love that um yeah so um other foods to keep on hand uh, I personally, I like to stock up on frozen fruits and veggies, um, because like with frozen, you can buy it more in bulk, um, and you can find reduced prices, like if you, if you buy it in bulk, but I mean, I would just recommend to check around the different grocery stores for the best price for that, and other foods, um, to have on hand that would be good are things like beans, tofu, tempeh, uh, bananas which are incredibly cheap you can buy any seasonal produce which is going to be a lot cheaper than the imported stuff um or i guess well i mean some imported bananas are imported and they're cheap as heck but um i just i guess i mean in general um uh, uh you know things like uh nuts and seeds in their whole form um, or in just like nut seed butter form, nut or seed butter form. Um, and for me, like my, my must-haves regarding that would be chia seeds, flax seeds, and hemp seeds, uh, pumpkin seeds. Those are really good for certain um, nutrients and omega-3s. Uh, it's very good to have a, a the right omega-3 and 6 ratio and everything and like Again, I'm, I might talk about that in another episode, but right now we're keeping it pretty simple. Um, so, and this is more for like recipe purposes, I guess, right now. Um, so those are good things to have on hand. I also like to keep uh, cashews, preferably the raw ones um, for making sauces and dips and dressings. Uh, and I like almonds and hazelnuts for snacking on and... Um, I keep a little container of Brazil nuts too, usually, um, on hand because just one of them has the daily recommended amount of selenium that we should be getting in a day. Um, 
but I have like several Brazil nuts most days um, because I like to crush them up and put them on top of other things as a nice little topping. Um, yeah. Oh, and then for nut butters, my favorites would be peanut butter, almond butter, cashew butter, and tahini. Um, and those can be found at Trader Joe's, all of those, um, if you live in the United States or you're near a Trader Joe's, but if not, that's okay. Um, just check different stores. Um, I'm pretty sure even like the dollar store sells, you know, nut butters. Um, you can really make it work, you know, you just have to look around. Like that is the work is looking around for the best deals if that's something that you need to um, keep track of and be conscious of because um, many people that can be a barrier to going vegan um, or eating more vegan than not if you're not fully vegan um, you know uh, and yeah so again oats are such a good staple food um, but if you don't like oats there's still plenty you can of things um, but again for me personally that is something that I really enjoy having often because um, again you can make it uh, like you can literally just make oatmeal and add things to it or you can like I was saying before you can add oats to your veggie burgers you can use oats in cooking you know you can use oat flour instead of any other kind of flour like you can do so much with oats um let's see yeah okay other just like random must-haves in no particular order or category, but um, I think they're important. Um, so, you know, plant milk, like almond milk, soy milk, cashew milk, whatever, milk that is not from an animal, <laughs> um, those are good to have. Um, fresh veggies, um, like I personally buy those one-pound tubs of spring mix lettuce, and you can get them... I think pretty cheaply at like Target or Walmart or something, but they sell them everywhere. Um, and yeah, just like whatever greens or veggies you like, uh, fresh or frozen, depending on your budget and what you like to eat. Um, vegetable broth is good for making soups and stews and like canned coconut milk, like the thicker kind, not the kind in like, um, like a like the kind you would put in your coffee like I mean like the thick stuff like coconut like you, that you would use in a curry recipe um because curry is great to meal prep and it's so delicious um and it's oh yeah and so like just anything you could add to a soup a stew a curry um yeah like any of these things would be good um, potatoes, of course, like I was saying before, and any winter vegetables and squashes like kabocha squash, spaghetti squash, butternut squash, delicata squash, you know, all these squashes, so good. Um, and then just like things to make your food a little bit more exciting, um, like lemons, limes, spices, um, balsamic vinegar balsamic glaze is so good I put it on everything it's like not really bitter at all it's like almost sweet and it's thicker than just regular balsamic vinegar Trader Joe's makes an amazing balsamic glaze um and other things you know just like again like spices seasonings uh maple syrup uh liquid smoke that is 
um, a secret ingredient to a lot of my recipes, liquid smoke, okay, so good. Um, and, and other good things, just, you know, uh, frozen edamame, avocado, cereal, bread of your choice. My favorite, I guess my favorite cereals and breads would be, um, well, for cereal, I like just puffed rice. Like, I know that sounds boring, but it's a delicious topping on smoothie bowls. Um, spelt flakes are good. Uh, I like to make my own granola, but sometimes I buy store-bought. It all depends. Um, and then for bread, I really like Ezekiel bread, and as far as bagels go, I like um, Dave's Killer bread, but I realize the brands that I'm talking about, um, if you live in another country or just don't, you've never heard of these brands or they don't sell them at your store or something, that's fine. Just Just get what you like. Um, and yeah, if you have any kind of intolerance, and I've mentioned foods in here where you're like, uh, I can't eat gluten, or, uh, beans don't digest for me that very well, or something like that, you know, like, we all have our, our things, um, so again, you make it work for you, but, yeah, I mean, if, like, if there's something, and it really hurts your stomach, or whatnot, um, you know, and I've listed it here, and you're like, I can't have that, well, find something you can have, because there's so much to choose from, um, and let's see, oh, okay, and going back to bread, I really like Ezekiel brand English muffins, the cinnamon raisin ones are so good, I love it, um, rice cakes are good, they can be a nice vehicle for, <laughs> like, avocado or hummus, um, let's see oh okay pasta pasta is a really good staple and there's also bean-based pastas you know made from like chickpeas or lentils or uh edamame even um they're full of really good plant protein and they're super delicious um yeah okay so like okay so speaking of protein well um, so a really common thing that vegans, uh, have, you know, since the beginning of veganism have been bombarded with, um, the questions, you know, about, like, where do you get your protein and all that stuff, and, like, honestly, that is a valid question coming from people who don't realize that it's actually easy to get protein as a vegan, but as a vegan, it can be a little bit annoying to hear that question all the time, um, and also, like, the other thing is that there's so many different, I guess, quote, opinions on the internet about how much protein do we actually need, and, like, yeah, like, I've looked all of this stuff up, and there's tons of numbers and ratios and percentages, and there's such ranges, like, there's, like, you know, how much protein do you need as a elite athlete runner versus a bodybuilder versus your everyday average person who's pretty sedentary and just has like an office job you know like or whatever you know there's going to be different numbers and things and ratios and you know it can get super confusing and honestly it can probably be pretty overwhelming if you're somebody who literally just wants to sit down and calculate exactly how much protein you need and then follow it to a T. Um, but I mean, I'm just going to be honest, everyone is different and, you know, there could be two people who have a pretty similar lifestyle and a pretty similar, 
um, like body type. But the thing is, is everybody's so different. And some people will argue that and be like, no, no, we're all humans. Like we have the same exact needs. Like (laughs) it's like, I mean, okay, yes, we all need the same, I guess, nutrients, but the amount and like all that stuff, like that's going to vary a lot. Um, yeah. So, I mean, my advice would be, it's okay to like, if you know how much protein you need, then like by all means, like then have, have that much. But if you're somebody who like doesn't want to have to keep track or like any of these annoying things, um, okay. Um, then just don't, you know? Hello, we're back. I guess this is part two because I just realized I can't exceed an hour for each um, thing. So I guess this is part two of the same uh, podcast. So going back to what I was saying before, um, yeah, we really can't... Oh, okay, yes, no, okay, I got it. (laughs) I got it now, I remembered. Um, So yeah, if you don't want to have to keep track of like your protein intake and be one of those people who just like tracks everything. I mean, if you want to do that, go for it. If you don't, um, then what I would recommend is to just be uh, mindful (laughs) about having some protein at each meal. You know, it's not that hard. Um, Just uh, include protein in each meal. Like I said, you know, there's tofu, tempeh, beans, lentils, edamame, your bean-based pasta, and even whole grains, which actually have a decent amount of protein, like whole wheat pasta or oats, quinoa, or brown rice. Um, Yeah, so it's, you know, just because you're vegan doesn't mean you need to ignore the fact that you also need protein and there are some people out there on the internet, <laughs> all, of the, all of these people, they, they only are on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, like some people will say like, oh, if you don't have to pay attention to your protein at all, like as long as you eat enough calories, um, you'll just by default get as much protein as you need. And like, okay, I mean, I'm sure there's like medical things that can prove that to be true, but at the same time it's like again everybody's needs vary and some people do need more protein than that like bare minimum amount so based on who you are based on what you need you know (laughs) just just um use your common sense and before you take somebody else's advice you know really ask yourself like um like, is this in alignment with what I actually need? Or am I just looking to follow somebody's advice? Because I don't know, like, it maybe it like does something psychologically to, because like, you're almost afraid to honor what you really feel you need because you just want to follow somebody else's advice because you don't trust your own, your own common sense. Like really think about like, where is this coming from? you know, like, sorry to get all philosophical, but sometimes I think there is a philosophical side to some of this stuff, so I just wanted to (laughs) dig deep, or not dig deep, like, dive into that just real quick, because I think there is some, like, I think I'm onto something regarding that, just, just a little bit, so, um, 
Yeah, so that's really as far as the protein goes. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, but then as far as like carbohydrates go, I mean, I don't ever recommend, ever, ever, ever recommend a low carb restrictive type of any sort of anything. Um, and like, I guess only, I, I like only put a restriction on your what you're eating if you have a medical need for it otherwise I mean especially for carbs like carbs are energy and fuel it's plain and simple however you know if you're a diabetic or something again that's like that's a medical issue and that's something that needs to be addressed for you personally but I guess if I'm just talking to like the average person who doesn't need to be on that type of a restriction um like plan for health reasons or something like I don't even know what somebody with diabetes should be eating um because that's just something that I'm not familiar with because I've never um like I've never researched it because it's never it's not something that I'm super familiar with personally so again I can't give advice on that and I'm not giving advice on anything that is super super specific like a specific health issue or something like that like I'm not give I'm not dishing out advice I'm just giving general advice on how to approach veganism as rationally as you can um and cater it to your own personal needs um while keeping in mind um common sense <laughs> so yeah um but yeah so like as far as carbs go like I, I personally, personally, what is with me today? I personally do not, um, eat a low carb diet at all. Um, I wouldn't say I eat excessively high carb, but I mean, I, I definitely eat a lot of carbs <laughs> and, um, carbs are great, especially if you're somebody who likes to exercise, like lift weights. I'm, I'm more into the weightlifting stuff. Because um, it makes me feel really good and strong and empowered, which is, um, yeah, like I was saying in my first podcast recording of this episode, like, you know, when you have an eating disorder background, you really, you feel weak, you lose respect for yourself, and, you, you know, the last thing you feel is strong and empowered. So for me, um, a big part of my healing process has been, you know, some weightlifting. Nothing excessive or unreasonable, but, um, but because I like to weightlift, um, I mean, I gotta eat. <laughs> I gotta eat to fuel it. So, you know, I do eat um, more protein and I do eat more carbs. And I, I really honestly... You know, if somebody were to ask me to sum up how I eat, I'd say I eat a high-carb, high-protein, and high-fat vegan um, diet. And I put the word diet in air quotes because I don't treat it that way. It's just how I eat, you know? Um, But I say it's, like, high because for each of... Like, I don't know, because everybody... I don't know. I, I call everything, like, a high this, high that because for, like... I don't know, everybody seems to think you should, like, restrict each thing in, like, the, um, in the world of, like, crazy-ass diets and shit, and it's, like, I don't know, I don't buy any of that, like, so for some people, they might be, like, oh my gosh, you eat so many carbs, and other people might say, oh my gosh, you know, you eat a ton of protein for, like, a five-foot-one 
female um, who is not an athlete, just pretty much lifts weights just for fun, you know? Like, um, so that's why I... That's why I use those words. But then for other people, it can be completely, like, it can I, it can seem like a normal amount, you know? Like, everybody is so different. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I just, I feel like I eat a fairly balanced, in a fairly balanced way. So, like, as far as fats go, I mean, we definitely need them in our diet. And especially as women, I'm sorry, my dad is in the kitchen and he's um doing making some noise i'm sorry about that i don't live alone let's be realistic here um so anyway i'm sorry i have to talk a little louder so you can hear me um but anyway as far as fats go like we do need them in our diet and especially as women um we probably need a little bit more fat than we think we do so but again like there's a lot of bogus stuff on the internet and again i say bogus as my own opinion so you know, like, there's stuff on the internet, I mean, if you've been vegan for a while, you've probably seen this sort of thing, like, you know, the quote, the quotation, the fat you eat is the fat you wear, (laughs) like, I don't know, I mean, and how we really don't need to include fats hardly or at all in our diet, and, you know, if you have, if you're prone to, like, binge eating or something, like, you definitely should not eat fats, and instead just eat, like, pounds and pounds of Brussels sprouts, you know? I mean, okay, I get it. Maybe that has worked for some people, but for, like, the majority of people, I don't think that's helpful at all. Even if those are some issues that you do have, I still don't think that's gonna work. For the majority of people, with or without those issues, like, And again, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, but um, I just, at the end of the day, I really do not advocate for an unbalanced type of vegan way of eating, whether, because like eating very high fat and then excluding other things, um, like that's not balanced, eating a very low or no fat diet, I mean, that's also unbalanced. Um, And what balance is, is going to be different for everybody. (laughs) So really, um, yeah, I don't know. Just play around with it. See what you feel good doing. I mean, you got to know what feels good to you. I mean, you can't be completely oblivious to your own, um, your own body and your own, um, like, what, what feels good good psychologically and physically I mean you gotta know something by now after being on this earth for some time you know um so yeah again that's that's where common sense comes into this um and I keep bringing up that the the idea of common sense and the the reason I do that is because um there's a lot of noise in terms of how veganism is marketed in the world and I don't really see it as a marketing issue. I see it as a a stance on a very large, very, very, very overwhelmingly important topic, which is the well-being of ourselves, others, and the planet. And I don't see it as, you know, specifically, what are we eating? And, you know, all of these things. But because we are living breathing beings and we do need to eat obviously (laughs) um 
you know, we do have to pay attention to that sort of thing so that we can sustain ourselves, sustain our morals and our health and never have to go back to eating animal products because we think that veganism caused us a health issue and therefore we have to just throw it all away and revert back to things that we don't feel very good about and then pretend that we're happy with our decision, you know? There's a lot of ex-vegans and I just know I will never be one of them and, you know, I just, um, again, that's just me and everybody has a choice and we can all do, um, you know, as much or as little for the vegan cause, I guess you could say, as we want to. So I personally want to um, just share these things, Um, you know, hoping it helps people stay vegan and do it in a happy and, you know, sustainable way. That's it. Um, You know, so I guess, okay, so going back to like, you know, carbs, fat, and protein, really, again, let me just sum it up. Like, I'm not going to give a specific amount or percentage to shoot for. Everyone's different. Um, I just like to include each thing at each meal and keep it um, balanced. I mean, <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's it's not rocket science. Um, but yeah, so like, Um, I mean, the main take-home of this whole podcast and everything, it's just, you know, it's just wise not, you know, I'm just trying to say, like, it's really wise to not overcomplicate veganism and the food because, like I was saying, believe it or not, food is really not the only aspect of veganism, and yeah, it's a big part of it, but, um, you know, and also, like, The other thing is that you really don't have to be a 100% vegan to benefit from this information. Like, I really want to end this podcast with that closing um, statement or concept in mind. Like, you really, really do not have to be fully vegan yet or anything to benefit from this or learn something or try any of these things. Um, Like, if you eat vegan meals sometimes or as much as you can um but maybe you're not quite there yet like in terms of fully vegan I mean don't beat yourself up about it don't don't necessarily feel guilty um because I mean I mean that's that's not healthy that's not um like there's no reason to live your life in a state of guilt and especially if you're moving toward veganism or you're just trying to learn about it or eat more vegan every day than non-vegan like that is freaking amazing and there's no need to beat yourself up about it and remember that like most vegans were not raised vegan like we didn't just pop out of the womb and we're just like vegan from then on like most vegans were not (laughs) born vegan. I certainly wasn't. And like some people, when they do go vegan, they go vegan overnight. And then other people have a gradual transition period. And really what that boils down to is you have to do what's right for you. Um, And yeah, I just hope that some of this information uh, made things a little bit easier. And if you're looking to go vegan, or maybe you've already gone vegan, but you just want a little bit more, 
I don't know, like some more direction or just some new ideas to shake things up a little bit. Um, you know, or maybe you're just not vegan in the slightest bit and you just want to expand your horizons, learn a few new things, see what veganism is really all about, or just get a feel for something you may want to explore in the future. I mean, it's all good. We're all, everybody's welcome. We're all welcome here. Um, yeah, and so to all the newbie vegans out here, I just want to say, like, personally, from the bottom of my heart, like, you are doing such an amazing thing, and I appreciate you so much, and, like, I know my opinion may not really matter, like, it may have no, like, nothing to do with why you went vegan, and, like, that's great, I appreciate that, (laughs) um, but, you know, like, you are doing an amazing thing, and I just want to say, like, congratulations, um, (laughs) like, just, you know, I really, like, I have a lot of respect for you. I have a lot of respect for everybody, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I guess I'm, I mean, I'm kind of, this podcast is mainly to address the newbie vegans as well as everybody. But, you know, just, I'm just, I'm proud of you for making this decision and you're doing great. And yeah, um, so yeah, um, stay compassionate, have respect for animals and other human beings, as well as yourself. Um, Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast. Bye!